0: Bobby Payne, and welcome to episode number 21, where we discuss handling heartbreak. With me today are Pastors Aaron Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton. Gentlemen, welcome back. It's good to be Thank back, you. man.
1: Very good to be it's back. It's been a That's minute,
0: um, and we are, we are back in the lab, cooking up something good, yes, or sir. maybe <laughs> not. I don't know. We'll let you decide, but we have missed uh, being here uh, with one another, and we've missed um Talking to you all, we're so thankful for you all that listen to us Amen. and who give us feedback, and so we are happy to be back in here and discussing a topic that is, again, pretty relevant. And for whatever reason, it just feels like uh, this, I don't even know what the day is. So today we're recording on October 25th. It just seems like there is a lot of heartbreak going on around us.
2: Yeah, with the with the climate of our world, with the just absolute... Um, Oh man, there they're just sin everywhere. There are people hurt um by a thousand different things. And you know, we see so many Christians dealing with heartbreak. And um that's what led us to to this topic. And we just pray that by going over this topic and and sharing our thoughts and scripture with people that we'll be able to encourage folks who are going through times where they just don't feel like they can escape from. So pray that this is a blessing to all out there.
1: Yeah, and it's relevant because uh, one of my pastors when I was growing up, he he said quite frequently uh, that if you're, if you're not in a storm right now, it's either you've just come out of one or you're about to go in one, and so that's a pretty relevant topic at all times. It does seem heightened a little bit in this moment where we're at right now, but um, the Christian needs to know how to respond when uh, no matter what, eventually we're all going to deal with something that is completely overwhelming in and of our own strength.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know,
1: for me personally,
0: this is something that I am just not good at. And I'm sure there are others listening or maybe even here with me right now that, um, we're just not good at handling heartache, whether it's, uh, we want to be the tough guy or gal, or, uh, we, don't know what to do to handle heartache, and we just internalize, internalize things and compartmentalize things and put on our happy face and go on. We're just, it's just something we're not really that great at.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, I think so often we, we, you know, the greatest Christian lie is when you come into church and ask someone how they are, you know. <laughs> it seems like, you know, we all say we're fine. We put on that happy face, and uh, what, what's really sad is we've, we've robbed ourselves of community and I don't think it's just you Bobby. I think all of us do it in different ways. And a lot of times it's, it's allowing people in to into spaces that we're vulnerable and we may not look perfect or we may be ashamed. Um, but I think we all have those areas and, you know, Lord willing again today through our time, we'll equip all of ourselves and, and those listening to be free and, to be able to share those things, but also, you know, to be there for others when they're struggling as well.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, throughout this we may we may put in some personal experiences or whatever, but um, if we want to go ahead and start, uh, Gary, I think you're going to kind of start us off um, here. So I'm going to pass it over to you as we head towards some ways that we can handle heartbreak.
3: Hey Amen. Um, the first thing that I would say or I would w- want to talk about is um, – it's okay to cry. It's okay to weep over our sorrow. Um, there's a cliche that says, uh, just suck it up and move on. Um, God God didn't create us to do that. God created us um, to, um, when we are overwhelmed with our emotions, to weep. And it's okay to do that. Jesus himself wept. Uh, John 11:35. He uh, wept when he saw Mary and uh, Lazarus' family and friends weeping over him being in the tomb. Uh, Jesus wept. Uh, uh, Psalm 56:8 says, "You, God, have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? God cares, um, about us when we cry. He, he, uh, it says that he, uh, put, put our tears in a bottle. He kept our tears. Um, he, he, um, is, uh, near the brokenhearted. Like he is there. He, um, uh, intervenes, uh, on our behalf. He's there to, um, to be, he's there, um, when when we do weep, and it's okay to do that. I think it's important that we do that. I think it's part of the grieving process to be able to weep.
0: It's I, I do want to note you said something right off the bat that um, it's we're designed that way. Like physiologically speaking, like that is our body's response to any sort of overstimulation, whether sadness or joy, and yet we find ourselves holding that back. And again, I'm just as guilty as anyone else because society has said that shows weakness. But yeah, we see the most powerful being ever doing that, like you just said, correct? All right. Yeah. All right.
3: God God wept. Jesus wept. He uh, wept when he was... Um, um, when, like I said, when uh, Mary and the... Uh, when Lazarus' family and friends were weeping over Lazarus, uh, it moved Jesus to tears. He wept. Um, uh, if Jesus wept, why would we not weep when we are feeling sorrow, when we are feeling pain, um, when we are put in uh, those heartbroke, uh, heartbroken situation?
1: Yeah, it wasn't an anomaly in Jesus' life either. He does it over Jerusalem as well when um, he knows the impending doom coming upon it. And, uh, yeah, weeping is an important response to any type of heartbreak, uh, sadness, whatever it might be, because when, when things happen that uh, by God's good design shouldn't happen, it should lead the, the follower of Christ to lament over such things. Um, there are things on this world that, uh, you know, we we realize in God's good design shouldn't be and uh, death is one of those things you know uh, cancer um, uh, things that are caused by sin's destruction uh, abortion should cause us to weep and um, there's things in this life that we should acknowledge hey that shouldn't be so even the death of of someone who is in Christ. Should cause someone to weep because even though we know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, as we've discussed here before, uh, the fact that, uh, people die, uh, once again, makes us realize, uh, how destructive sin is, uh, it's a, it's a consequence of sin. And so weeping is one of the thing, one of the, one of the things that we should respond with because it, it does lament over. Um, what has happened because of uh, sin's destruction in, in our lives and in, in, in all of us.
2: Amen. And that, that just makes me think of something that is, is a mistake many of us make. They, we think if we're perpetually heartbroken or, we, or we're hurt by things continually or for a longer period of time that there's something wrong with us. Well, if you don't feel, then there's something wrong with you, yeah. right? like if our savior if our heroes of the faith were perpetually heartbroken i mean it's something we talked about you know yesterday um in the message is it's it's part of our calling to be perpetually heartbroken to be broken about sinners yeah. to hurt for our our loved ones who who have left the faith who have walked away from what they've learned and and, and as pastors you know i and and just anyone who reaches out to others in a loving way you know when you when you pour yourself into people and you you pray for them you're there for them through major milestones in their lives and then you see them completely turn their back on Christ like it's it's hard not not like you wasted your time mm-hmm. but because you see where they're going you know you weep for their future and and just to go even further this this past week i was listening and and this this will get back on topic but um i was listening to a doctor speak about um, just certain ways that they get stem cells and when they are harvested from an aborted fetus for them to be the most viable that baby still has to be alive and when i heard that like i was enraged to the point where I was driving with tears in my eyes, just thinking, you know, this horrible injustice that's going on all around us. And it's been by the permission of the church. Um, it's happened on our watch. And, and so just to think of injustice, just to think of the heartbreaks that we have, we have all experienced. My friends, you, you are not, there's nothing wrong with you to be heartbroken. The beauty of grace is we continually have that door open to go back to Jesus, to go back to the cross and to take our heartbreaks and to understand that we have a Savior who is there waiting for us before we even come back.
1: Yeah, and and heart, our heart being broken is not always just um, the things that happen to us that are outside of our control. That's certainly a lot of it. It's not just injustice around us. That's certainly a lot of it but it's also things that happen because of our own sin, our own decisions that, um, as, as you were talking about pastor, I think it was last, last night in small groups. Um, when, when we sin against God, it, we don't, we don't fall, um, away from grace, but we, uh, our fellowship, uh, gets affected and that should, that should cause heartbreak. And, uh, that obviously has, Repercussions. You see this in the life of David, right? I mean, obviously, a man after God's own heart, certainly regenerate, um, but commits a grievous sin that has grievous consequences. And just like you were just saying there, when he's met with these things, obviously, heartbreak is there. He loses his son, you know. And I mean, I can't fathom my own sin causing the death of my son. But that also leads him to, um, the grace of God and the forgiveness that's offered, um, in, in Christ. And, uh, that's the beauty of, of heartbrokenness. And I said this a few weeks ago was, um, teaching on Wednesday night is, um, we have to be reminded that when we think that we've sinned so grievously that, um, God's plan for us is just up. Um, we have to remember we're not that powerful. God is sovereign and in control, which is something we're going to get to. That's what helps. That's the rock that we've talked about before. It's the pillow we can lay our head on. It's the rock we can build our lives on, that God is in control when we mess up, but also when things happen that, that we can't control.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think we we ordered this in our prep a certain way because this is like the initial response to heartbreak, I think. Yeah. And and it's okay that it's the initial response. Um, Pastor Aaron mentioned it when he was had his opening statement there, is that that is a sign of vulnerability and an, an openness uh, to the situation. And so as we continue through here, um, I think you're going to see, and you probably already know where we're going with this, uh, but th- that weeping is an initial response to, to whatever the heartbreak is. So, next, after the weeping, the next thing we kind of jotted down that we want to talk about is what I think should be maybe our initial response, and that is prayer.
3: Amen. Prayer. Um, Philippians 4 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God wants us to turn to him. When we uh, are weeping, when we are uh, heartbroken, when we are in pain, um, God is who we turn to. Um, We need to... Keep in mind, um, at all times that God knows what's best for us. God is our creator. He, um, he created this whole universe. He knows every little tiny detail about us. We, we in turn, um, when we're heartbroken, turn to God and pray, pray for your, um, let your petitions be known to the Lord, um, and I would say this about prayer: prayer doesn't change change God's mind about um, uh, what's going on, but but what prayer does is it's we it's us submitting our desires to a holy God. Yeah. That's what prayer is doing. Like it's us trusting in the Lord, um, and so that's what we are uh, to do. That's what we're commanded to do um, to uh, turn to the Lord.
1: Yeah, I mean. I think this is what's so important and when dealing with heartbreak is uh, you hear a lot of this in people's stories when they're dealing, like they feel like they have nowhere to go. And so they just cry out, you know, and, and I love that truth is because, you know, when you, when you hit rock bottom for the Christian, Jesus is the rock that you hit, thankfully. Amen. And, you know, I, I think that's been my experience before, I'm sure some of us in here as well, but, um, when I read the Psalms and read and you know, David writing these petitions and these, these spiritual songs to, to God, uh, they're, they're essentially prayers. And, you know, I, I think about, you know, Psalm 51, when he has sinned, but I also think about, gee, you kind of quoted earlier, Psalm 34, the, the Lord is near the brokenhearted, um, you know, and those who are crushed in spirit. And, uh, so, so God is near those who are, you know, at the point of despair. And, you know, I just think about that, that wonderful truth that in Christ we have this massive privilege to call on, to call on God who is our father. And, you know, uh, this father who knows how to good give good gifts to his children. Mm -hmm. And, what a, what a extreme, you know, uh, privilege and honor and comfort that we have. You know, I I think about like when my little boy gets hurt, you know, and, and he has no words, but he just wants me to hold him. You know, I delight to do that. And I can't think of how much more God delights to do that for, for his children when they hurt is, um, we, we may have no words, we may have nothing to say, but to know the comfort that when we cry, um God God hears us and cares for us and and holds us and I think that's certainly an important point of point of prayer is because he knows he knows what we need uh before we even ask it.
2: Amen. Uh, Psalm 147:3 says he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And you know, so many people deal with internally kind of like Bobby you alluded to there, like especially dudes, we're good at that a lot of times. Um when in reality, if you want to see a man's man, David, uh, just go ask the Philistines a yeah. few times. <laughs> we won't even get into that, but he is the man. And if you read through the Psalms, whenever I hear people having difficulty emoting or, you know, being rightly emotional before God or before their brothers and sisters, it just, I always point them to read the Psalms, like Johnny was saying, because, you know, it's a roller coaster and, it, and it's an honesty book. You know, it, it's a real book, you know, where he, he is just crying out asking God, where are you? Have you ever felt that way? Uh, I mean, come on now, or you haven't talked to him or you've not cared, you know, like we've all been there. We've all cried out. We're, why will you not act? Why will you not move? I know you hear me, you know, where are you? And then, and then either at the end of the chapter or the the next Psalm, you know, David is singing and dancing because of the goodness of God that has been poured out upon him. And regardless of the roller coaster of of joy and pain that we deal with, um, what should blow our mind is the fact that we have the ear bent of the King of Kings, right? Like that is one of those things that has become white noise to us because we've made it not as personal as it actually is. Not only... Did he choose us in his son before the foundation of the world? Not only did his son leave glory to go bleed and be butchered and die on a cross. Not only did he come up and raise out of that grave and lead all of his children to freedom. But in the meantime, as we struggle through this world, as we walk through the dirt as creatures of the dirt, this God who spoke the universe into existence is ready and willing to listen to our cries. That should break us and that should drive us to having a life of prayer that is wildly communicative and that is very personal and that we should never hold back from.
1: Yeah. I think going to that point, you know, on emotion pastors, you know, I remember growing up and being told, you know, you know, never ask God why, and, you know, uh, you know, don't, don't be angry with God and all these things. And I certainly understand to a certain point, but look, God knows your emotions anyways. Like, and so whether you can put a stoic face or not, he knows what you feel and what you think. And I think in those moments of honesty, uh, it, it's not so much, don't ask the question, just be, be ready for the answer. And I think that's the powerful truth you see, like in Job, when Job's just, you know, going hard and being like, you know, how could this happen? What have I done? And God just like get prepared, <laughs> prepare for action like a man. Gird your loins. Yeah, gird up those loins. There's my word. There <laughs> my word is gird. Yeah. Um, that's my favorite pastime. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. girding my loins. Gird. Girding the loins, and and that's that's the point is when Job gets the answer uh he goes okay i'm gonna shut my mouth because now i've I've seen um I've, I've heard of you now i've seen and so this is this is like the the really important thing in heartbreak is heartbreak just kind of going back to what you said earlier g it's it's being honest and open in prayer with our emotions that we have about whatever situation it might be um, and that's the beauty of prayer is by the blood of jesus we've been given this incredible privilege to approach the throne of grace, to receive grace and mercy in our time of need.
0: And that that kind of segues perfectly into the next point, which uh, is trusting in God, which is, seems easy to say, but amidst heartbreak, oftentimes we just completely forget about that, Mm -hmm. what we should know to do.
3: Just going back to what I said earlier, it's just um, prayer leads us into... uh, is beginning at trusting in god like we um need to always realize like i said that um god is our creator and he who who, who best to know uh, about their creation than god like he he created us he knows us mm-hmm. he knows everything about us he knows what we are are uh, like like johnny and aaron were saying he knows our emotions he knows everything he created those emotions Like he knows us and we need to turn to the Lord in prayer. And when we turn to the Lord in prayer, um, the Lord um, Bible says, uh, uh, you know, that that the peace uh, that surpasses all knowledge will be uh, given to that person. Uh, That's healing our hearts, healing our healing our brokenness. And God wants us to come to him. Jesus says in Matthew 11, uh, verses 28 and 29, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus will give us rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God wants us to come to him, turn to him, trust him whatever it is whatever we have been um, broken about um, trust in the Lord trust in him and he he uh, know that he has a plan for your life he, he it's already been done like he he's wants us to turn to him like I was saying at the beginning um, with our tears God places them our tears in a bottle, like he keeps our tears, like he cares deeply uh, for what we're going through. We just need to turn to him. This is just another place
2: where uh, theology matters. And, and the reason why I say that is, um, do you trust that God is sovereign? Do you, do you trust that he's in control? And do you trust that he's good? And do you trust that despite the wickedness and sinfulness of men around you and in you, that he will work things out for his own glory? Um, for me, um, what was a blessing to me when my father passed away was just, was just trusting in those things, you know? Like, I think of my brother, I th- uh, Pastor Jonathan. I think of others who have been through absolutely massive heartbreaks and one thing that was easy would be easy to do is say well you know why did I not have more time Uh, the question was why did I have as much time as I did you know I didn't deserve any time you know like but God was good enough to give me time and and there's a billion ways I could look at it good I'm not going to look back at all the regrets I'm just going to thank God for the time that I did have and you know, there are lessons we can learn to get better, but at the same time, we can be paralyzed by regrets. Why don't we learn from them, then pour them out at our Savior's feet, trusting that He is good? Because what, what I find sad is, uh, the prevailing theology around our world is God is just doing the best He can with the cards that He's being dealt. And, and I'm sorry, but that's not the God of Scripture. We bring it up often in here, but it's the truth. It's going to affect the way you live. If you just think God is inept and impotent in all that he does, then you're going to try to take things into your own hands. And guess what? You make a terrible God. You're a lousy God. But when you understand our God is good, and as dark as it may look, the darkest moment in history was the cross. And that's what brought salvation. That's the redemptive uh, fervor and beauty of who our God is.
0: Yeah. And this is not, that's not an easy place to get to to be able to look through the heartbreak and know that this was known by God. This was in his sovereign plan and that we just need to rest in that fact.
1: That's, that's difficult. Right. Yeah. There's so much to say on this subject. Um, I think just as pastor Aaron's talking, I think the beauty of God saving Bob and God saving my mom and my dad is, by God's grace, Pastor Aaron's not one year removed from Bob. He's one year closer to reuniting with him in glory. I'm not seven years and 14 years removed from my parents. I'm seven years and 14 years closer to reuniting with them at the feet of our Savior. Hmm. That's the beauty of it. And then when I think about God having... Our days numbered, man. I was just moved so deeply this past week watching the news with, with my grandmother who, um, I mean, is a testimony in a, of itself of dealing with suffering. And we were watching the news and there's just this little five-year-old girl dealing with stage four cancer and just like the sweetest little girl. And and uh, the, the news interviews her mom and, and her mom just boldly says, look, what's getting us through is our faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. I thought, oh, wow, you know, they put that on the news, you know, and then, and then she just starts dropping theology bombs on him, And I'm like, man, this is so good, but overwhelming at the same time. She just goes, we trust that our sweet little girl will not live one day less than God has ordained for her. And I was like, oh man, that's, that is what will hold you when heartbreak comes is to know that, um, God has numbered our days and we won't live a day over or below what he has ordained for us. And so when I think about God being in control, it's a great comfort. Uh, those questions can certainly arise, but I think of, I think of Paul's words in second Corinthians four, uh, he's just quoted about all the things that he's gone through, you know, and, um, how, you know, he's persecuted. He's not abandoned though. He's uh, struck down, but he's not destroyed. And then he gets to the end of chapter 4, and he says, um, though, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day, knowing that this light momentary affliction um, mm. is preparing for us a weight of glory beyond comparison. I think of what he says in Romans eight eighteen that the sufferings of this present age are not worth um, comparing with the glory that is to be revealed. And so what what I think about, and when I had a conversation with a student, three or four years ago that was really disappointed because, you know, they had dealt with some heartbreak. And in that instance, it was, um, being let go from a job. And and I'm not here to compare heartbreak because heartbreak's heartbreak, right? I mean, your pinky gets cut off or your arm gets cut off, both hurt. You know, we don't need to compare what hurts more. And I just said, look, man, what's, what's most important for you? And I said, what God cares most about for you is you to be conformed to the image of Jesus. And that's what, that's what God says is predestined for those that he loves is that we'll be conformed to the image of his son. And so thankfully he uses everything, heartbreak, joy, triumph, and tragedy to conform us more into the image of his son, which is for his glory and for our good. We know that God's working in all these things because we see it throughout scripture, uh, Isn't it awesome that God's word doesn't hide, uh, these afflictions and these, uh, grievous errors, these, uh, heartbreaking tragedies. No, God's working in all these things for his glory, chiefly for our good, uh, truthfully. That's, that's an amazing, amazing truth. And, and I, I don't, I I want people to know that. And it look that it's not something that's just like, oh yeah, that's easy to accept, you know? ho hum go on with the day but man when you see it and when you experience it you I I can't I can't express how good it really is and that that's what I I really want people to understand is is I have uh, in in this way very much so tasted and seen that the Lord is good and and I think that's why trusting in God and his sovereignty is such a beautiful thing when it comes to heartbreak
0: and just to just to plug this really quickly, especially while we're talking about this trusting in God part, if you have not listened to our But God episodes, um, oh, there is exactly. some serious heartbreak yeah. that is talked about in each one of those episodes. And the theme of every single one of them <laughs> goes to the same thing, and it goes back to trusting in God. Yeah. And it's His plan. And, and there's just some powerful stories, and like I said, of just serious heartbreak that many of us— haven't faced and and those testimonies that are in there may also be encouraging to you as you listen to this episode if you go back and check those out um let's keep moving to the next and they kind of go hand in hand a little bit um and they also rhyme so bearing and sharing your burdens so bearing one another's burdens sharing your burdens uh, this is also a part of this process of handling heartbreak that, again, uh, oftentimes we are uh, embarrassed to do or too tough to do. And so we just want to take a few minutes to kind of talk about this process as
3: well. Galatians uh, 6.2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Um, I would say... Seems like a good idea. It does, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> um, what I would say is we don't walk alone, first of all, because the Lord is walking with us. I, mm-hmm. I'm not uh, saying that. But I think the Lord gave us each other to walk side by side as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not meant to be uh, going through uh, this heartache, this, these, uh, this pain alone. Yeah. Uh, God gave us each other. I use this analogy sometimes um, because it's, to me, it's it's so true of what happens. Um, if you take like a big clump of coals, hot coals, and they're on fire, they're together, they're on fire, they're it's heat, it's hot. But if you take one of those coals and you pop it off the fire, and it's off 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 on its own um, out in the grass, what happens to it? It gets cold. It gets cold. It loses its heat. It, it's no longer on fire. And I think that's what happens to us as Christians when we think we can go through this stuff alone. We're out there on our own. Um, people stop serving. People stop um, uh, wanting to um, uh, attend church functions. They they just... Um, go within themselves they stop trusting in the lord um what we need to open up to one another we need to bear one another's burdens i'm not saying go tell the whole uh, community um your burden but if you have close friends you have we have brothers and sisters we have um uh, pastors we have leadership here um go to somebody and share your burden and walk with that person. Pray for that person. Let mourn with that person if you need to mourn. Just like the Bible says, mourn with those who mourn, weep with those who weep. Right. Um, so that's what we are to do: bear one another's burdens.
1: Yeah, and this is the the exhortation that we have, because it's both sides, right? It's we need to do much better about sharing what's going on in our lives with those around us. And then, as a church, we also need to be a lot better about um, caring enough to ask and to to actually want to bear one another's burdens, which is something that I know I need to be better at. Um, I'm so thankful in my life, um, you know, when when I was dealing with, especially especially the death of my mom, as a 17 year old kid, I will never ever forget. Um, as long as the Lord wills that I have a good mind, I know as long as I have a good mind, I will never forget um, coming down UT hospital stairs at, right after my mom had passed away. And my dad had done a really good job about sharing what was going on. And so people knew, um, that my mom was going to be passing. And when I walked down, you know, I just kind of expected to be alone, maybe with my family and about 250 people from Mount Olive were gathered in the East wing of UT hospital. And together, uh, they hugged us and prayed over us and, and then my dad led us in uh, it as well together. And I will never forget that for as long as I live because um, the the church cared. And I in a very tangible way, I saw that I wasn't alone, that the Lord was with me and the Lord's people were with me. And so I got to see that and experience that in a very real way. And and then it's my exhortation for us, the church, to be that to people, to want to be involved in people's lives, to know and to to share with them and to love them enough to not let them carry heartbreak and heartache uh, alone.
2: Amen. Well, we, I mean, honestly, we take for granted one of God's good gifts when we ignore this, right? Like we, we essentially say that what he has called good is not sufficient for us or that we're good enough on our own when we don't lean upon this lifeline he's given us. Um, I mean I echo everything that my brothers say and and one of the beauties is um, going back to second Corinthians uh, chapter seven verse five says, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death um, how much how much sickness and how much illness is going on today because of godly or excuse me worldly grief, right like How many people just can't deal with grief? Like people even who claim the name, right? They're internalizing it. They're not opening up to others. They're not welcoming committees or committee, (laughs) the welcoming committee. They're not welcoming uh, community, and they're not welcoming those in their lives who actually care. You know, honestly, if someone goes and gossips about your deep pain and trial, they will answer for that. Okay, rest in that we need to stop saying because because honestly if we're if we're completely an open book many times we're careful to share because we know what we would do with the same information hmm. and we need to repent right yeah. if we're that voice then we need to we need to check ourselves but irregardless, god has opened up this pet platform for us to lean in on each other's lives and to truly care it should not be it should not be the exception. It should be the rule. And, and one of the things that I know, um, we have not been successful with everyone, but one of my continual drum beats, and I imagine you guys can echo this, is the fact that if you want this kind of love, you can find it at Eden Chapel. Amen. And if you don't, it's probably because you've cut people off. It's not because they haven't checked on you. It's not because they haven't loved you or it's not that they wouldn't respond if you brought it to them, right? It's that you've totally shut down all those avenues and you've ran away. And that's what we want. Again, definitely failed probably tons of people. But I want, and I know that's all of our hearts in this room is to be that church who is so loving and so involved in each other's lives, not in a way that's nosy, but in a way that's welcomed because it's leading us all to a godly repentance.
0: Well, and that's part of family and and fellowship that we strive, not only fellowship with the Father, but fellowship with one another Mm -hmm. to where you have that open line of communication, just like you would call your mom or your dad or your aunt or your uncle and say, hey, I got this going on. Uh, You've got a community of believers who you can call on to say, hey, I've got this going on in the same way.
1: Yeah, I strive to be a church or I strive for us uh, to be the church that James speaks of in chapter five, where he says, confess, to, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Mm-hmm. Like our response to sin that's caused brokenness and despair and pain uh, that's happened to us that we can't control should not be to go, can you believe what happened? It should be, let's pray because we believe that God is gracious and kind and merciful and he will restore and heal. And so I, I, I desire that for our church. And I believe, um, that here at Eden chapel, there is a beautiful thing that happens when people confess to one another. And when, when we are dealing with, with things that that are beyond our control is, uh, the overwhelming majority will say, let's pray. Mm-hmm. Let's pray for one another, and, and I desire that for us. Amen.
0: Gentlemen, do we have anything else that we want to add? We're kind of running up on the time here, um, and we've covered quite a bit of information, and I've been jotting some things down that I kind of want to say to wrap it all up. I'm going to miss a ton of stuff, um, but this is this is kind of what I've got, and then you guys can interject as we think of any final thoughts here, but uh and this is stuff you guys have said or I've kind of put together based off of what you said but just as a child runs to mom and dad when they're hurt we can run to the father in our heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Man that's that's powerful. Uh trust that he God is good despite that heartbreak and share your burdens. Don't isolate yourselves. And church we challenge you to stand up and bear the burdens of others not just give it lip service and say, well, we're praying for you and move on. But to really step up and say, we are here for you. We are praying for you. Let's do this now and bear those burdens with one another. This is part of fellowship. So let's pray for one another through our heartbreak. Um, Let's fellowship with one another through our pains and our sufferings. And ultimately all of this that we do together brings glory and honor to God. Amen, amen. Amen. I just
3: uh, wanna talk about just praying real quick um Aaron my brother Aaron said something um uh, a while back that kind of stuck with me and I try to do that now is like I I would tell people I'm I'm gonna, I will and I do I pray for them but instead of waiting like pray for them right there like you know if 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 you got to go into a room um that there's nobody in there and just you and that other person pr- take that moment to pray for that person um and it, I I've seen um, I difference when I do that um, versus like waiting to pray for a person later
0: Amen. any other final thoughts gentlemen alright if one of you will close us in prayer we will, we will wrap this up sure
2: Differently, Father we come to you today thanking you that you, you are a father who cares Lord you are the epitome of a loving father you have you have made a way for wretched souls like ours to be brought into reconciliation to You. And the price that You used to pay was the blood of Your own Son. Lord, we come to You thanking You that we have access to You because of the sacrifice of Your beloved Son, Jesus. Lord, I pray that all of us, Lord, who deal with heartbreak, either as Pastor Jonathan said, we're leaving it or coming to it, Lord, that we would be wise reaching out to others lord we would rely on others and not be too proud to carry our own but to understand that the burden is light because not only do you carry it with us lord but you have equipped our brothers and sisters to walk alongside of us and i pray that we would walk uh, faithfully and we would trust you lord we would understand that it's human to hurt it's godly to hurt Lord, may we weep for what we need to weep for, and may we trust you with it all. And we ask all these things to be true and to be honoring to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you are outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.